That's right. Check one, check two. So I tell your mother, I said, check one, check two. Gonna send one check. I'll kick your fucking ass, huh? Huh? We good? All right, we're good. Here we go. Let's do this, everybody. Morning, everybody. All right, let's do this. It's Wednesday, August 4th. I'm Rudy. When the lawyers asked to see my brief, I guess they didn't mean bikini. Let's take a long walk to Cleveland. Yeah, what's happening, everybody? Thank you so much for joining me on a long walk to Cleveland. My name is Rudy Povich. Find this podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify on Stitcher. And every day, 9.45 a.m., we go live on Instagram. It's at Rudy underscore Povich. Today on the show, Vegas Stories, or as the Bloodhound Gang once said, regrets, I got a few. Also, adult advertising. Oh, but first, say hi to some people. What's up, Mira? Uh, can we hear the good news today? Unfortunately, no, because it's not ready to go yet. Uh, there's a uh, there's an audio element to it that needs to be uh, cut up, and I just want to make sure that I get it right. Because you only get one chance to make a first impression, as I was told from advertising in the 80s. Sorry about the smudge on my camera. It looks awful. Uh, what's up, BJ? How are you, buddy? Good morning, Mel, Danielle, Lori. Uh, yeah, so remember yesterday I told that quick story about how I was walking down the street and I happened to be walking behind a girl who was walking through the same parking lot as me at like 6.45 in the morning. I was just leaving LA Fitness in Richfield and walking home and there was a gal who kind of stepped a few steps in front of me and we got to the sidewalk at the same time and I accidentally like kicked something on the ground, made noise. She turned around, looked at me and I was like, I don't want to freak this girl out. So when we got to the street, I just got over to the other side of the street and just kept walking. Now, as to not freak her out, you know, I thought that was a nice gesture. I wish more people would be thoughtful like that. And uh, this morning, get up, go to the gym on the way back, uh, walk out into the parking lot, same exact time. Girl's walking through the parking lot. This time I'm a couple steps ahead. And uh, she said, uh, she goes, excuse me. Kind of turned around, I'm like, yeah. She was like, I'm so, yep. You are. I was like, I am what? She was like, I, you are Rudy. I was like, I, I am. Yep. And you are? And she said, uh, my name's Carly and nice to meet you. And uh, I heard you talking yesterday about a girl in the Richfield LA fitness parking lot who was being followed by a guy. And that guy went to the other side of the street. And I thought it might be you because I know that you live in Richfield and I listen to the show on my walk home every single day. And I'm like, well, God damn it. Well, thank you very much. And she said, uh, she said, I really do appreciate that. That was very thoughtful and very nice of you to do. And I wish more people had a little bit of forethought towards others who might be freaked out at a, you know, 6.45 in the morning when there's nobody around. And I just wanted to say thank you. And that was really nice. And she said, uh, you know, I've, I've listened to you back in the day on 93X. And uh, I used to listen to you on KS95. And um, yeah, so it was just, it was very nice. And it was very, I was very blown away that, she would recognize me or even listen to the show, but uh, it was great. I had such a nice moment this morning. So uh, to you, Carly, thank you so much. We really do appreciate you hopping on. All right, uh, merchandise. First off, thank you guys so much for picking up some merch this week. It just went live, rudypovich.com. There's a, a couple of different styles on there, and obviously the merch with a Long Walk to Cleveland logo. Plus, if you see stuff on the page and you're like, oh, none of this stuff I really want, Dude, click in. Go a little bit further in. There's all sorts of shit you can get. You want socks? You can get socks. You want a tote bag? Get a tote bag. It's very Seinfeld. Get a tote bag. 
Go out and get yourself an apron. You want a couple of oven mitts that say a long walk to Cleveland? Get a couple of oven mitts. <laughs> Who are these people? Who wear long walk to Cleveland oven mitts? Who are these people? But uh, it's all up and it's uh, for sale right now. All sorts of stuff on there. So yeah, just go to rudypovich.com and that's where you can find it. All right. Uh, wanted to read this quick story because I found this today and I laughed hysterically. I've talked about this many times about my 1987 Toyota Corolla. It was red. It basically a wagon with an engine. It was called the Radio Flyer. It was given to my sister. It was a $200 car that my stepdad basically found in a junkyard because my mom was saying like, hey, we got to get these kids some vehicles because we live way the fuck out in the middle of nowhere and I'm tired of driving them in every day. So he went and found the biggest piece of shit vehicle he could find (laughs) and then uh, gave it to my sister. It was a 1987 Toyota Corolla. She drove it for uh, about a year and a half, two years, then bequeathed it to me. I then take that vehicle I slap a sublime, you guys remember the band Bradley Noel, you know, and he's 12 years old and Tim Moore shall be a whore. Yeah, one of our favorite bands. Uh, Slapped a sublime bumper sticker in the back, tore out uh, a sweet Sony tape deck from one of the vehicles my dad had been uh, uh, working on, and then grabbed a bunch of like old speakers that were laying around some old vehicles, and I fucking souped up that vehicle dude you guys talk about like mtv's pimp my ride that fucking vehicle there was a dude in town in hibbing his name was dave gustafson and dave had the loudest fucking vehicle ever in fact at some point uh he actually had to go to a doctor in duluth and they had to do a surgery because all the dust that was on the inside of his vehicle it shook so hard when he had his speakers turned up the dust was coming out of the seats and getting into his ears. But worth it. Dude, when you're 18 years old and you got a sweet-ass hoopty ride, it's worth it, for sure. Um, but yeah, that thing was called, uh, the, we called it the Radio Flyer. It was a 1987 Toyota Corolla. There was a giant hole in the floorboard that uh, my buddies used to uh, chew tobacco. So we basically took like a, uh, a funnel, almost like a beer bong, and we put it on a, expen- you know the thing that, you have in your bathroom that's got the mirror on it that pulls back and forth so you can like stick it close to your face and pull it back in i don't know what you want to call that it's like crosses you know what i mean the with the arm i'm not sure exactly what it's called a mirror extender fucking i don't know but uh it had that and then attached to that was a funnel with a tube and then we would just they would just like pass it around and spit their tobacco into it and it would just bloop just right out the floorboard Fucking the mother of invention, correct? We needed, I didn't want a bunch of pop bottles sitting around my goddamn vehicle. So that's what we did. We just poured a little water down there. Fucking, you know, got a big dent in it. We put a Band-Aid on it. I think at some point somebody wrote, which now as a father, I look back on it. And I'm like, not funny, not as funny. But uh, somebody wrote like on the gas tank, like, hey, buddy, don't laugh. Your daughter probably got to ride in this vehicle. And I'm like, nah. I mean, when you're 17, hilarious. When you're 40, it's like, mm, fucking bring her down, bud. Uh, Amanda, huh? I had a hole in my floorboard, too. I could have Flintstoned it, had to cover it when it rained. Yeah, yeah. Just rusted the shit out of a man. And, that, and that's the thing that kids will never have that luxury nowadays. My vehicle is a 2008, so we're going on 13 years. It looks as good today as it did on the... Obviously, there's 160,000 miles on it, and there's a few bumps and bruises, but for the most part, man, back in the day, dude, you got a vehicle. Eight years later, that vehicle was a piece of shit. 
it it was garbage. It was rusted out. Floor. But man, you think, I mean, that was 1980. So that vehicle was in 1987. I got my license in 1996. I had that vehicle. So that vehicle was 10 years old and it looked like it had just come from a war-torn nation. It was a pile of shit and proud to have it. God damn, I love that vehicle. We had all these sorts of names. We had uh, we had the radio flyer, and then my buddy Nick, his grandmother bought a vehicle. It must have been like a 1989 Cutlass or something like that. Had this vehicle. It was blue. It was big as shit. It basically sat in a garage for like 20 years. She gave that to him. Uh, we called that the Blue Whale. And then probably, I don't know. I'm starting to say all this stuff out loud into a microphone and going, maybe you should fucking play this one close to the vest. But uh, my buddy Chad had another piece of shit vehicle that we used to drive around in. And uh, the passenger side door would not open from the inside. Anybody want to take a guess as to what that vehicle was called? Anybody? If you got a guess? I'll let you think on that for a second. Throw it into the uh, comments of the Instagram live feed. But then there was also a vehicle that my buddy Steve had that was like a, I don't know, must have been like a 1985 was it called the Sunfire? We used to call that thing the Sun Chicken because it had no balls. It was like a little four banger, dude. You'd like put the pedal to the floor and you'd maybe get it up to 70 miles an hour. Anybody got a guess as to what the name of that vehicle was where the passenger side door would not open from the inside? I know it takes a little while to catch up, but if you would have said the date rape, you'd be correct. <laughs> Awful name for a vehicle, but like I said, when you're 17, that shit's funny. It's hilarious. Danielle had a 1993 electric blue Geo Metro. We named it Harvey. Yeah, my sister had a Geo Metro, too, that broke down constantly. And at some point, I remember it broke down on the highway in the middle of a goddamn pouring-ass rainstorm. And she walked home and got in this huge argument with my parents about how big of a piece of shit that car was. But now you look back on it, you're like, oh, fucking... What a story. It was great. Christ, the hood used to fly up on the radio flyer. I'd be driving down the highway, and just like out of nowhere, the fucking hood would just like, and just smash back into the windshield when you're doing like 60 miles an hour. Oh, my God. Uh, Scooter, I had a 1989 Plymouth Voyager minivan used a brick as the parking brake. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit, man. So many things just like rigged up just to keep it going. Had the catalytic converter fall off the radio flyer one time, and uh, we were supposed to be going to a party. And we left we left the, my hometown of Hibbing and drove out to my house, which was like, I don't know, 17 miles out of town. We got to the house, and the catalytic converter fell off. And I told those guys, come hell or high water, we're fucking making it to this party. It's a Saturday night in the middle of summer, where there's a keg... There's a bunch of people. You bet your sweet ass. We're going to figure out a way to get out to this bonfire. It was out at a place uh, side like I can't remember the name of the joint it used to be. But we uh, we went inside and my mom was like, what are you guys doing in the closet? And I was like, definitely not taking a fucking wire hanger and rigging up the vehicle so we can get out to <laughs> a pit party somewhere. And she's like, I don't want to know what you guys are doing, which it didn't matter. We ended up, you know, Christ, we we had to drive like over these big ruts and like through like a bunch of swamps and shit. And we just ended up tearing the catalytic converter off anyways. But dude, I wasn't missing out, man. Not on a Saturday night. Hell no. Speaking of, uh, real quick, um, I might as well tell this story now. So 
now that it's top of mind. Oh, and Gretchen actually is so funny that she just hopped on in the live feed because Gretchen can probably concur some of these stories we're talking about from high school. Gretchen, I was just talking about how we used to drive around in vehicles that had names. Like I had the radio flyer and uh, Snack had the vehicle that was called the Blue Whale. There was Chad who had the date rape. Steve had the Sun Chicken. And there was one time, I don't want to give a name, but... If you know, you know. I'll just say that. If you know, you know. But we used to hang out with this kid in high school, and he was a fucking, like, he was super annoying, and then on top of it, was also, like, super narcissistic about, like, how come, like, people aren't paying attention to me, one of those fucking guys. And we'd have, like, we'd go out to, like, you know, our, Job's daughters. We had prom, and then you had, like, the lower dances, which were, like, you know, JD or, like... Sadie Hawkins, I know at a couple of high schools had that, but this dude, we used to like, we'd have like, we'd go to these dances and then go back to like a party. And then at some point, like two o'clock in the morning, he'd be like half shit faced. And then nobody'd be paying attention to him. And he'd get in the vehicle and he'd like fucking like drive away. And then we'd have to go find his ass in a ditch. So it was awful. He was just such a pain in the ass. But anyway, one night, this dude, it was me, my girlfriend, Mel, and this dude, somebody had said, there's a party out in the middle of this Fuck, it was like in the middle of nowhere, man. So we drive, we're on our way out to this party and I'm driving his vehicle because he had already been drinking. My girlfriend Mel is sitting shotgun. We're driving up and now I'm gonna, I'm already gonna preface this with this story is not gonna have a satisfying ending, okay? I'm just telling you that right now. But we're on our way out to this party and I keep looking in the rear view And I'm like, something is going on, man. Like, he is unusually quiet back there. Like, something is up. And I could not figure it out. So Mel and I are just kind of talking. We're listening to some music. And we're on this dirt road. And and the dude goes, hey, man, can you stop for a second? And I was like, absolutely. And I just thought, like, well, I've probably got to take a leak or something. You know, it was kind of a drive. It was like, you know, 45 minutes, hour out to this place. So gets out of the vehicle, walks into the woods, And not like side of the woods, not like just hanging outside, just like whipping it out. You know, if you got to take a leak, you usually go to the back end of the vehicle, turn your back to the people in the car and then just piss. This dude like goes walking way off into the woods and I'm like still looking forward. And my girlfriend Mel says, I think I just saw him take his pants off. I was like, what the fuck? What? And I didn't want to overtly like turn around. So, so how weird would that be? A guy with no pants on making eye contact. And I'm like, all right. So I kind of am adjusting the rear view mirror to sort of see what is going on. And sure as shit, this dude is in the woods with no pants on. <laughs> and I'm like, Mel, is he taking a shit? I can't. And she's like, I, I don't know. He's not like on a log. He's not like bent over a log or anything. And I'm like, what in the fuck? speechless. So I just said, whatever you do, just fucking please just act normal when he gets in the vehicle. So we, we sat, he gets back towards the vehicle. He gets inside of the vehicle. Never said a word. Never said like, Oh my God, dude, totally almost shit myself. Just got back in. We're freaked out. Like what the fuck was he doing back there? Um, so we get to the party, we park the vehicle at some point, like he would, he's really weirding everybody out. And I had just said, hey, man, you know what? I think we're just going to go stay at a friend's cabin, which is like, you know, three miles up the road. So, you know, if you want to stay with somebody tonight, great. I'm 
prefer you not drive, but I really don't want to fucking, ugh, God, it was just so weird. So, so we get back to this, our buddy's cabin and I'm like telling the story about it. And somebody from that party goes, oh dude, did you guys not know that? And I'm not going to say the other person's name either. We'll just, you know, fuck, we'll just call her Julie, whatever. And, uh, they go, yeah, man. Like he had been talking to Julie earlier that night and was like, oh, um, he was talking about like having a thing for her. And she said she was going to be at that party. So my two and two, like my fucking Columbo brain goes, dude, I bet. And this is obviously at two o'clock in the morning when you got a bunch of bush lights in you and you start coming up with these fucking preposterous ideas. I said, I bet I know what happened. I bet while we were driving, he was super quiet in the back seat, and he was thinking about Julie. And I bet he was playing a little bit of pocket pool. And I bet he took it a little too far. And he totally came in his pants. That sounds like a legit thing that would happen, does it not? It sounds like that would that's exactly what the I can't think of anything else. It's not like we ate a bunch of like beef and bean burritos before we went out to this party. I'm just saying, I, I've, I've been trying to put two and two together for years. This fucking thing, it happened 23 years ago. And I am pretty sure that dude was fucking jerking his yerkin in the backseat of his own vehicle. <laughs> thinking about this girl he was going to go meet. And then totally fucking filled up his shorts <laughs> with his soap chest. And then had to get out and go out into the woods, take his pants off, and then discard the evidence, and then put his pants back on and get in the vehicle. I know it sounds crazy. It sounds ridiculous. But this had to have happened. I can't think of any other scenario (laughs) where this doesn't play out correctly, right? I mean, I'm seeing all the comments here of people like laughing and going, oh my God, hilarious. But I, that... I can't think of any other scenario where this wouldn't have been the case. So for, I mean, for years, years, I've been walking around with that story, man. I've been, and holy sh- and every time I run into that dude, I fucking cringe every single time. I never stop thinking about it. It's like once a week, man. Once a week. I, I bet it's even less than that. I bet it's like <laughs> I bet it's like once every once every three days, I think of that night, and I fucking die laughing about it, man. Oh, my God. Gretchen says, let's ask him. What, you know what? One of these nights, we will. The next time we're in, up in Hibbing and I happen to run into that dude, I swear to God, I will ask him. Um, yeah. And, I, you know, I, I haven't talked to the guy in years, and maybe he's a different dude. I doubt it. I doubt it. It's tough to fucking break those habits up there, man. When you are that guy up there on the Iron Range, you're just that dude. You'll always be that dude for the fucking rest of your life. You know, I mean, we got friends of ours that went to goddamn, uh, that went to Hibbing High School and then just went, I guess this is what I'll do for the rest of my life. I'll just stay here. We'll fucking work, you know, minimum wage jobs and this will be the end of life, which is fine. You want to work a job that's minimum wage, but dude, try in another city for at least a year. Fucking try it out. Uh, Mira, poor guy. He was probably nervous to perform. Yeah. Yeah. The thing about, you know. Julie is I don't think Julie had any intentions on sleeping with him. I think maybe she like, you know, was being nice and being like, yeah, we might go to the party. Cause she was there. I do remember her being there, but Oh yeah, man, it was Jesus. I don't know. I think about that story quite a bit. Um, 
So yeah, so <laughs> to get way off track, the reason why I brought that up is because uh, I just happened to see this posting on Craigslist the other day that somebody had posted, and they didn't want this story to die, which I love. And the reason why I brought it up, the 1987 Toyota Corolla, my old radio flyer, is uh, I saw this posting for a 1999 Toyota Corolla. Because they just don't make vehicles like they used to, man. This shit's... She rolls pretty heavy now, man. You can put a bunch of miles on these things. But uh, here's the guy's post to sell this vehicle, which I love. Oh, my God. This is so great. You want to get a car that gets the job done? You want a car that's hassle-free? You want a car that literally no one will ever compliment you on? Well, look no further. The 1999 Toyota Corolla. Let's talk about features. Bluetooth. Nope. Sunroof. Nope. Fancy wheels? Nope. Rear view camera? Nope. But it's got a transparent rear view window. And you got a fucking neck, my friend. Let me tell you a story. One day my Corolla started making a strange sound. I, I didn't give a shit and I ignored it. It went away. The end. You could take the engine out of this car, drop it off the Golden Gate Bridge, fish it out of the water a thousand years later, put it in the trunk of a car, fill the gas tank up with Nutella, turn the key, and this puppy would fucking fire right up. This car will outlive you. It will outlive your children. This car is old enough to vote, yes. Consent to sex, yes. Rent a car, it is a car. Let's face the facts. This car isn't going to win any beauty contests, but neither are you. Stop lying to yourself and lying to your wife. This isn't the car you want. This is the car you deserve. The fucking 1999 Toyota Corolla. That's right. We had one of these things years ago, and it was built like a fucking tank. And... It supplemented so many good times, so many parties, so many, so much ridiculousness. Don't be into the whole, hey man, getting your kids, you know, cars have been like incredibly safe since like 19, Gretchen says sold, fuck yeah. Cars have been incredibly safe since like 1998. The safest they'll ever be. I mean, we're really starting to get into the shit now, man. Like, you know, side air, airbags and, you know, vehicles that stop. Because you didn't stop, you weren't paying attention, and it can sense that a vehicle has stopped in front of you, and it act. I mean, fuck, man. Like, what's the-, the future is here, my friends. But vehicles are really safe nowadays. And uh, even stuff that was like 1999 Toyota Corolla, dude, you could run that vehicle into the goddamn ground. Now, I highly doubt you're going to have a story where your buddy jerks off in the back and then takes his pants off in the woods, and then 23 years later, you're still not convinced or sold or don't have the answers as to how this story actually unfolded but i'm telling you take a look at it man plus the thing i love about stuff like this is everybody everybody gets so like nuanced about like hey man like you want to put in there like how many miles it has and like how many oil changes has it has recently and you know like does it need new tires and blah blah blah. fuck that you need to sell the sizzle not the steak okay this is all sizzle this is sizzle don't sell the steak. I don't give a shit about the steak. I want the sizzle. Tell me about all the features and the ridiculousness about it. That's what I love about this, man. So the next time you guys are going to be putting a uh, vehicle up on uh, up on Craigslist, I, go this route. Nobody gives a shit about, like, you know, torque or, or how many miles it has. I want to know, like, some of the stories that have been in it, you know? Have you ever driven out to a pit party so your buddy can go meet Julie and he ends up, you know... Fucking making the banana cry. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like, those are the stories that you want, man. That's what you want in a vehicle. All right. Uh, Making an announcement this week on Friday. 
and uh, we'll have uh, some more information about that here soon. Like I said, some uh, audio that's going to go with it. Plus, you guys got to make sure you got a box of tissues lying around. You're going to want some. It's a good story. You're going to love it. All right, let's get to uh, Las Vegas. I brought this up yesterday. So Las Vegas, the story about Las Vegas, one of the many times that we had gone and just done the most ridiculous, asinine, stupid things you could possibly do in a fucking, oh, my God. Ah, I'm just like, I'm picturing like all the the late mornings of just like sitting on the strip, like drinking a 40 (laughs) as the sun's coming up. You're like, what happened to us? How did we time work to get here? But anyways, we get to, um, uh, we get to Las Vegas. I told part of the story yesterday. I was in Springfield, Missouri. I had plans with my buddy, John. We were supposed to, I was supposed to take a flight to Minneapolis. He was going to then meet me in Minneapolis. And we were going to, as a group, like 20, 25 of us fly out to Vegas together. John calls me the day before I'm about to leave. And John goes, I I can't go. I don't have any money. I'm broke. I got like 300 bucks in my checking account. The trip was already paid for, mind you. No more, man. It's not like you got to like fork a bunch of dough over when we get to, to the airport. Dude, we're good to go. So John... Uh, John says he's not going. I'm like, fuck that. This is the domain of the dude. Not a lot. I don't know if there's a lot of ladies that would do this, but guys for sure will. I got in my vehicle. I forewent my flight in Springfield to Minneapolis, and I drove to La Crosse, Wisconsin. And nine and a half hours after I got off the phone with John, I said, hey, get the fuck in the vehicle. We're going to Las Vegas. So begrudgingly... He gets in the vehicle with me. We drive up to the airport and he's kind of pissy about it. I could tell, you know, I was forcing him to go. I'm like, you dick, man. We, we signed up and paid for this thing like four months ago, dude. So I, uh, I get him to the airport. We get on the plane. We get to Las Vegas, get to our hotel. We were staying at the, it's not there anymore. It was kind of right across the street from Caesar's palace on the strip. It was called the Imperial Imperial Palace. And it kind of had like an Asian flair to it. It was a nice place and it was, it wasn't, you know, high end, but it was right where you wanted to be. So that's why they took it. And when we got there, we went up to the hotel room and everybody goes, oh, we're going to probably run and get some dinner and blah, blah, blah. And John says, "Uh, I'm going to run upstairs, man, and like take a quick shower and change. I said, well, hey, dude, I got like, and I didn't have a lot of money either, man. This was like early in the radio days. So I was, you know, shit, I was maybe making like, $22,000 a year with no side hustles, mind you. And I said, uh, I said, well, that's cool, man. Why don't you run upstairs? I'm going to have a drink and probably sit on this blackjack table and just see what's up. So I take a $20 bill and John comes downstairs about 45 minutes later. He's prepped and ready to go to dinner. And I got about, I got about $400 sitting in front of me. And, uh, he goes, well, we're going to go. And I'm like, you know what, dude, I'm feeling pretty goddamn good right now. And it's like six, seven o'clock at night. I said, I'm feeling good, man. So why don't you hit dinner and then come back and get me and we'll see where I'm at. And if I happen to lose all this money, you know, I'll, I'll go and hang with you. And John's like, okay, no problem. So that's like six, seven o'clock. John comes back about eight 39. I'm still at that table. And now I'm up like 1200 bucks. John says, uh, you want to, uh, you want to run and get a drink? I'm like, John, I am, I'm on fire, dude. I don't think I can leave this table. So John goes and he like mingles with some people, comes back to the table like two hours later. Now I'm at like 1900 bucks. John says, uh, uh, whatever you do, don't get off this table. (laughs) Now we're on a roll, dude. Now we got some coin coming in. 
And uh, I said, uh, I said, well, hey, man, like uh, you can go and do whatever you want. And, you know, I think I maybe like gave him like 20 or 40 bucks and just said, here, dude, fucking let her rip. You go for it. Uh, I'm going to hang. I played until it was about 1.30 in the morning. And now I'm up to like 22, 2300 bucks. Mind you, John and I went there together collectively for like four days in Las Vegas. We showed up with like 300 and I don't know, four, three, 400 bucks, maybe. Now we're up to over two grand. And uh, John comes back to the table and I said, dude, you might as well just go to bed. I'm not leaving this table. There's no way. So after about 45 minutes, John goes upstairs, goes to bed. I'm still at the table. I get dealt. Um, I get dealt. What the hell did that dealer? I think the dealer had like, he, he dealt me like two eights or two nines, something like that. And then he flopped over a six. And I looked up and I was like, oh, fuck. And I was drunk as shit. It's like 1.30 in the morning. They've been feeding me beers all night. And I go, what would you do? And the dealer kind of like looked around for a second and he kind of, you know, leaned in and just went, I would split those nines. I would win both those hands. And then I would take all your money and I'd get the fuck out of here. And I went, done. Split them, won both hands. I looked over at the guy. I said, can I get an escort? And the guy's like, absolutely, man. I mean, it's. Two, two o'clock in the morning in Las Vegas. You don't want to go walking through there with a pile of chips. So they get this giant, huge bouncer, dude. And he comes from the pit. He walks over to me. I walk over to the cage. I slide all my money, all the chips across the table, uh, across the counter. And the lady goes, ooh, well, somebody had a nice night. So how do you want that? And I don't remember much of that evening. But I do remember looking up with a huge smile on my face. And I just went, Tens and fives. (laughs) She goes, excuse me? I was like, tens tens and fives? She's like, you don't want want like any hundred dollar bills or like fifties? I was like, nope. I want tens and fives. (laughs) And I'll be damned. She paid me out like $2,400 in tens and fives. So I go back upstairs with this bouncer. We're walking through the lobby. And this guy gets to the elevator with me. I go, can you want to come up with me, man, just to make sure? I mean, it's, it's like 12 floors up, you know. And a guy gets in the elevator. We go up to the 12th floor. I start walking towards the room. I get to the door. I give the guy like, you know, 20 bucks. And I was like, thanks for walking me up here, man. I really appreciate it. Guy walks away. I, I give it two beats for this dude to turn the corner. I slip my key into the door. Door opens up. I go fucking barreling into the room. And I'm like... Holy shit, John, wake up. Oh my God, dude. Okay, so all that money that I had, I lost all of it. And then I went in with the house and I took out some house money and then I lost all that. And then I don't have anything and I don't know how to pay him. I'm like, get the fuck up, man. They're, like they are coming to the room. Right? And John's like half asleep. He's like, what the fuck? What? What? And he's like getting up and he's like grabbing his clothes and he's like throwing it in a bag and he runs into the bathroom and he's like throwing his toothbrush and shit in the bath. And he's like, oh fuck, we gotta get the fuck out of here. And I get up on the bed and I have this pile of money in my hands this huge pile of money john comes running out of the bathroom and he's like he got his fucking toothbrush like shoved in his mouth he's like huh and he stops and looks and i'm like oh oh john john and i just ha- i just take all the money i just lay it over the bed i was like come here bud it's <laughs> like dude this is a gift this is a gift from god God wants us to spend every single last dollar we have made tonight. So I basically took the money that we both paid for the trips. Uh, I took like 
whatever it was. Uh, I think to get there for hotel and all, it was, it was cheap. It was only like 225 bucks. So I gave John his 225 and I took 225 and I shoved it in our bags and I was like, there, everything else is after the fact. Everything we've made, we need to fucking spend. So we walk outside. Uh, we walk downstairs into the lobby and now it's like 2.15, 2.30 and there's these two girls that are sitting up against um, like a pillar in the casino area. And I walked up and all I said was, ladies, I just want a shitload of money and I just want to spend it. And they were like, all right. So the four of us go over to some piano bar and it's like, you know, piano karaoke. There's a guy who knows every goddamn song on the planet who's playing a piano and he's like, fucking, we can do this, dude. So you just go up and you give him a song and he'll fucking crank it out. Dude, you want to sing four non blondes? What's going on? That guy knows it on a piano. And we sang our asses off. So it gets to be like five o'clock in the morning. And now it's just like, it's on, man. I, I think I must have blown through like 600 bucks. Just buying everybody drinks and just fucking. I mean, it, it's exactly how the other half lives. It's exactly what you would do if you were 22 years old in Las Vegas with $2,000 that is not yours. You don't need to be accountable for it. So just enjoy it. So I'm blowing all this cash and uh, we start, like they had to close that bar down. It was like 5 a.m. And the girls are like, hey, you guys want to go back up to the room or whatever? And uh, so the four of us go back up to our hotel room and I could tell like John was sort of, you know, getting in with it with the other gal and there was one of the girls, she had just said, hey, like, you know, you want to, uh, you know, fucking go downstairs and like grab a drink or whatever. So we go downstairs, just the two of us. Uh, we go back up to the room and I go to open it. And as soon as I stick the card in and I open the door a little bit, I hear John yell, don't open the door. <laughs> I'm like, oh, shit. All right. Never mind. Um, so I, uh, I shut the door and I'm like, well, obviously we can't go in there. And she goes, well, you just want to walk back to my room? And I'm like, sure, we can do that. So the two of us go back to her room. Uh, well, I sit in like one of the chairs and she is still standing up by the dresser. She goes, would you like a drink? I was like, yeah, I'll take a drink. She goes, great. Would you like any ice? I was like, I would love some ice. She then looks at me and goes, uh, by the way, when, uh, when we have sex in just a little bit, uh, nothing freaky because I got a husband back home. I was like, what? <laughs> I'm sorry. Can, could you, could you back up just a moment there? That was, first off, that was very cavalier. And I appreciate the fact that you were just so nonchalant about just like wanting to get in the sack with a stranger. Uh, but let's talk about the fact that you got a husband. And how about, um, how about we just forego all that and I'll just have a drink and wait for my friend to finish up with your friend and then I'll just fucking go home. And, um, uh, she uh, she pours me a drink and she kind of laughs. She's like, yeah, I got this like shitty husband. He's kind of a dick and, you know, whatever. But I do have to kind of somewhat be a wife and not, you know, I can't do crazy things because th it sort of breaks the bonds of marriage. I'm like, I think sleeping with somebody, just even casual missionary style sex is pretty much breaking the code of, of marriage. And finally, after like we had a, uh, you know, a couple of a uh, couple of drinks. Uh, I said, well, it's probably time to go. It's like six o'clock in the morning. So I start walking back to my room. And as I'm walking down the hallway, that girl's friend is walking back towards her room. And I'm like, oh, shit. And we like kind of cross paths and just like, good day. Have a good day. Yep. And uh, I walk into the uh, I walk into the, the hotel room and 
there's John, just buck naked, just standing in the bathroom with the door wide open, taking a leak. <laughs> just everybody, if you if you were walking past that hallway, you would see John's bare ass. That's how wide open it was. And uh, we had a good laugh about it. Uh, you know, I walked into the uh, walked into the room, jumped into bed. We slept for like three hours. Wake up, John goes, "Hey man, I want to run down to McDonald's and get a bite to eat." I'm like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" I'm like, "Dude, there's not a chance in hell we are eating fast food. Get your fucking shorts on. We're going to the Venetian." So we walk over, high end ca- uh, casino hotel, the Venetian, very, very staunch, very you know upscale. We go in. I go to the, some cafe. It's like. $42 for a sandwich. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Just fucking pay for it, right? We walk in. The waitress comes up to her table. She looks at us like, you two do not have a pot to piss in or a window to throw it out of. I, there's no way I can serve you. And uh, I just took like a huge wad of cash and just like set it on the table. And I was like, all right, we'll just fucking I'll have a ham sandwich. I think my buddy's going to go with the turkey on rye. Let's get a, a round of fucking wings over here and a couple of drinks. And it's only like 10 o'clock in the morning. We've only slept for like two and a half hours. And later, I mean, we blew through like, I don't know, maybe five, 600 bucks that day. I still had maybe a little over a thousand left. And that night, uh, John goes, Hey man, you want to go to dinner? I said, absolutely. Uh, I go, I said, hang on, I'm going to be right back. I run down to the table and I win like another, like 500 bucks. I go back upstairs. John and I meet up with a couple of friends while we are out. We, uh, are, we're walking down the strip and we run into the two girls from the night before. And I'm like, well, where are you girls going? They're like, we're just about ready to go over and like have a bite to eat. Do you want to join? And we went over to Paris and fucking blew a bunch of money over there. And then we, God damn it, man. And then the next day, uh, so this is, what was that? Day number two? Yeah. So day number two is a lot of fun. I'm buying all this shit. I was like, don't worry about all the, don't fucking, I don't care about the money. The money is, the money will come and go. The memories we make with this money, that's the shit that's going to like stick with us. So I don't care about the money. If you if you if I you ask me for a hundred bucks and I give it to you and you come back five minutes later and go give me another hundred bucks, I'll just give it to you. I don't give a shit about the money. I want to have a good time. So uh, we blow a bunch of dough that day. The next day is our last day there. We get up early. We walk around. We're drinking. We're hanging with some people. We're at the pool. We go into the lobby. We're waiting for our shuttle. And um, and John says, uh, John goes, hey man, like this was fucking awesome. I'm glad you took me. And I'm like, yeah, dude. Like I'm glad that we had this great couple of days to spend together and we're never going to get another moment like this never ever and john was just starting to hang out with what would become his his wife and it was like dude this is like it was like such a great friendship moment you know and at the end of it we got on the plane and we were fucking sunburned and beat up and our livers were killing us and i think john had a kidney stone on the flight because it was a fucking mess and we get into uh, we get into lacrosse and I go home and I drive back down to, or we get to Minneapolis. I drive John back to lacrosse. I drive back to Missouri. And, uh, and after that fucking John married that girl and turned out his wife was a huge flaming bitch. And we never talked again. And fucking, it's a little sad on the backside of it. But during that time, during that like two, three years, man, it was like, it was like, he was my ride or die. And now all I got left with that guy is the story. Because she fucking ruined him. Oh my God, she ruined him. I'm so glad that I dr- drug his ass there and we did some ridiculous shit. Because if I would have known that in six years, I'd be looking at a shell of a man that has just been fucking defeated by his super bitchy wife. And and I'm not just like saying it where you're like, well, maybe you like, just didn't know a son. No, no, no. Hands down, across the board, you ask anybody, 
what's up with John's wife? And they will all say, dude, she is fucking ridiculous. She's the one of the worst people on the planet. And I just, I lost my buddy. I lost my guy. Wow, that story should not have ended that way. <laughs> but man, it was fun. Holy shit, it was a good time. Dude, if you got somebody like, it, it, it's not even about the money. It really isn't, man. Even if you got like a few bucks, get in a car and go do some dumb shit for a weekend. Even if you are 40. I mean, fuck, man. Thelma and Louise, you know, like go do that shit. Go fucking, go bonsai kamikaze style for one weekend. And don't give a shit about the repercussions. That shit's fun. Every once in a while, man. Jesus Christ. I don't know. I was thinking about it today, man. Like back in the day, somebody would go, Hey dude, uh, there's a party that's going on. It's going to be over at uh, Moorhead college. You know where that is? And you're like, no, where is it? And they're like, Oh dude, it's like three and a half hours away. You want to go? And you're like, fuck yeah, let's go. And now I'm 40. And like a girl will be like, Hey, do you want to go out sometime? I'm like, well, where do you live? And she'll go, I live in Anoka. And I'm like, ah, fucking Anoka. Ah, you might as well live on Mars. It is fucking so far away. <laughs> No, but, uh, but yeah, but, uh, that is, there you go, man. There's the Vegas story. Cause holy shit. I mean, that's just like one of, one of ridiculous, many, many, so much stupid shit we did out there, but God, it was fun. And now, uh, fast forward to January when I take my 13 year old daughter out there and try relentlessly to not let her see all the, cause Vegas is going back to Vegas for a while there. Vegas was like all families. It was you know, hey man, bring the kids. It's totally family friendly. And now Vegas is more like, oh, we know who we are. That's right. We know who we are. We are, we are the place you come to where you and your friends do a bunch of shit and go by fake names. And then you never talk about it, uh, outside or the, out of the confines of the, you know, group you came with. Amanda, truth. I do the same. I don't want to drive that far for a date. I'd I know. Fuck man. That's unbelievable. Uh, Olina, that's an amazing story. Sorry. You lost your friend. No, nah, man. You know, like, I got friends of my, I, my buddy, Steve, when my buddy, Steve, Steve and I went to high school together. We became friends when we were like 15. Steve and I, uh, have been buds ever since when, uh, we met in junior high. Steve went into the military. He was shipped to God. He was first. I think he was first in San Diego and then spent like three years in Germany. Steve came back from the service. I had not seen Steve in four years. I walked into a bar in Northern Minnesota. Steve was in there having a bite to eat with his dad, watching the twins game. I walked in. I'm like, hey, what's up, dude? He's like, not much. I said, fuck, when do you get back? He's like, oh, a couple weeks ago. I'm like, sweet, you mind? He said, no, grab a seat. So I sat down. Uh, we talked for about three and a half minutes. We watched seven and a half innings of a Twins game. And uh, as soon as the game was over, I wiped my mouth and was like, all right, fucking take care, bud. And he's like, absolutely, you too. My best friend. <laughs> but that's when you have friends like that, you know, if John was going to be that friend, it wouldn't have mattered about his wife or anything like that. We would have just, we would have hung, you know? But it is what it is, man. It's a total fucking pain in the ass sometimes. Sometimes you just gotta, like, you just make those decisions. Haven't you ever seen School of Rock? Jesus. Is it Ned Beasley? Is that that guy's name? I don't know. Anyway, now I'm getting off track. Uh, make sure you find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Stitcher, and every day at 9.45 a.m. We go live on Instagram. Thank you guys so much for taking a long walk to Cleveland. <laughs> Seeking the truth never gets old. 
Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.